welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 6, Episode 7, titled Glamazon by Color Evolution. My name is Joe Batanz and I am joined, as always, by one sensational co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say, you shady bitch, to Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm going to tell you something. I think you can kind of relate to this, even though you don't like diet soda. I am at my brother's uh, shared workspace today. This is why I'm mm-hmm. so echoey. Okay. Even though I do like recording here, I will say this. I do like recording here, but I want to eliminate the echo for future shows. And uh, I, as I was telling you before we recorded, like I procrastinated and... I did. I literally was putting the finishing. The paint is still dry on the on the script and clips for today. Where usually it's done days in advance, mm-hmm. and so I had just enough time to go grab something to eat uh, before we recorded. Because and before I get to my story, I don't know if this is going to make you mad or worried or what. My blood sugar has been in the double digits all day. Woke up at ni- oh. yeah. Woke up at a ninety six. After lunch, it was like a ninety five. And so I'm okay. like, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, what are these two digits? I'm used to <laughs> something's wrong with my machine. The one LCD tab is broken. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, I was like, I better eat or my blood sugar. It's gonna be Joe died on the show. <laughs> Which is probably not true, but you know how it is. So, no. you know, when you're fat, you're always afraid you're going to be hungry. You're always afraid of being hungry when you're fat. So I had like a little fish taco and a and a, and a bowl of chicken um, tor- tortilla soup. That's not the point okay. of the story. Is one thing I wanted more than anything, Taylor. Because, you know, I'm done with this Fakakta cleanse that I've been on. Okay. I finished it on Sunday. So now I can Bring have... Bring on the carbs. Well, no, 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 no. I've been very good, but... Uh, in fact, I want to talk about something else after that. But you, uh, I want—I couldn't have Diet Coke for the longest time. So now I can have Diet Coke again. So I go to this uh, Wahoo's Fish Taco here in Fullerton, California. Okay. And, we don't have those here. Um, you should. And um, there it's okay. It's like, it's like California. Sir. It's not real Mexican food at all. I don't know what it is. But it is Mexican food, though. So anyway, the point is I go and I go, I want – your biggest to-go cup. Because they have fountain drinks there. Okay. And she goes, oh, are you going to go? I go, no, I'm eating it here, but I want to take a big Diet Coke with me, right? No, I'm just, I want to take a big drink with me, right? She goes, okay, and they give me the, look at this, look at this big, giant gallon of, you know, of drink. Mm-hmm. Oh, Joe. What? That thing's huge. It's like a bucket. It's a bucket. Yeah, yeah. So listen to this. Oh, no. What? No. What did you do? I did nothing. I'm just telling you how mad I was. I get it. I'm so happy. I go to the fountain. All they have are Pepsi products. <laughs> oh, if I burn. If I would have known that, I would have gone to a different <coughs> restaurant. I'm not even joking. Okay, I, did they have Mountain Dew, though? I don't know. I, don't, I didn't. I'm, I, I, what am I, from Arkansas? From Rogers, Arkansas? <laughs> I don't drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> I love Mountain Dew. Did you ever see? Well, our friend Adam is from Rogers, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he talks like this. Hi. And, and I drink a Diet Mountain Dew with lunch every single day. Now, Joe Batanz, why do you say I'm white trash? But by the way, gosh darn it, did you see that for the Super Bowl he was so mad and he went to the supermarket and the the all the soda was there except all the Mountain Dew was gone? 
It was around the Super Bowl. Goddamn Super Bowl. Anyway. I swear, I'm so mad I could just spit fire. And then come it. So, um, anyway, I got uh, this sugar-free fakakta de berry acai drink or something. I don't know what it is. Oh. Yeah. I didn't get any Diet Coke. Mm. Thank you. I had. By I the way, there are the over, over 50 dead in Las Vegas. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, Too I soon. Had a near, I had a I had a near experience with uh, soda today, where I I had a had a cup similar to that, only it had had coffee, iced coffee in it earlier in the day, and then I was filling it up with water because I can guarantee you my blood sugar was not double digits. Um, but I was going into a group and thought I would just grab some water. And at my, I'm in a different office on Tuesdays. And normally, the office that I go to, they always have big, uh, the Zephyr Hills gallon jugs of water that you just, they keep them in the fridge so it's cold water. But they don't have them in this office that I'm in on Tuesdays. And somebody brought in a 24 pack of cherry Coke, which is like my all time. That is the one. And I literally, it's the only reason you like Savage Garden. Chicken cherry cola, yeah. yes. And I, I hate Savage Garden. Um, but I opened it and literally first I went oh, like that and like slammed the door shut. Like it was almost like in Ghostbusters when they opened the refrigerator and mm-hmm. there's the it was kind of that where I slammed and I stood there for a second and thought, nobody's standing here. I could grab a cherry coke and probably nobody would notice, but I'm like, God would notice, and that's why I didn't take one. Was the soda like Hi Taylor? Hey, hey Taylor. You wanna come open up a tongue? Yeah, you wanna pop me open and drink me? I guarantee you right now, Babalu's in the other room with his eyebrow cocked and just shaking his head because he can hear this through the, through this through the door. <laughs> yeah, you like that cherry, yeah? <laughs> so, have you ever used any of these services like Blue Apron or, or anything like that? No, no. Uh, my co-host on Pod is my co-pilot bought Blue Apron for her daughter for a Christmas present. She gave her like a three-month thing just to try it out. But otherwise, I don't really know anybody who's done anything. Ah, uh, that's not true. One of our listeners uh, of a lot of Pride 48 shows, I know he did Blue Apron for a while. I'm going to tell you something. I know a lot of these podcasts, when they advertise, when Blue Apron advertises with them, they get Blue Apron for free. Okay. So you talk about it. So, I, you know, we, you know, advertisers are already coming to us. So everyone listening, we're probably going to have ads on the show soon. But... um but not on season six stuff because they no 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 not on season six. This is for no. like season the the real the real show. Yeah, not the not, not the one for not, friends. Not the stuff you pay for. The free shit oh. y'all are getting commercials. Oh, oh that's a good idea. That if you subscribe on Patreon, you can get the commercial free version. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, here's a deal. <laughs> Do you hear that sound? That's the sound of millions of people unsubscribing to our show right now. <laughs> so let me tell you this. So. Yeah, because I guess we would lose subscribers on the regular one, huh? Because they would just go to... Anyway, we're not talking about this right now. The point is, uh, Sweet Michael, my friend Sweet Michael, gave me a coupon mm-hmm. code. He uses one called HelloFresh. It's a blue ribbon competitor. But this coupon code is good because it's a coupon code for an entire box for the okay. week. So I got it this week. And today I had the pork tenderloin with... Um, uh, sweet potatoes and green beans. 
So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, you had this today? I had this for lunch. For lunch. Because on top of a fish taco? and no, no, it's no, only, no. Oh, it's, oh, it's five o'clock there. Yeah, okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah. Let me tell you this. I don't know who these portion sizes are that they're, that they're going with. I think, they're go- I think it's for a small Vietnamese woman that they're making these. Por- this is not a portion size for anybody. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't need organic green beans. I don't need green beans because they're gross. Wait. Oh, yeah. What? 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 Uh, okay. I don't like green beans. Okay. Look, 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 look. I'm with you. I've had to learn to like vegetables. What vegetables do you just not like? Peas. Peas are something that I will. <laughs> the look on your face. Peas are just. I made a vow at about the age of nine when I was forced to sit at my kitchen table mm-hmm. until I finished my peas that as God is my witness, a pea will never pass these lips again. And for the most part, I have I have withheld from eating a pea since then. I remember, you just reminded me of a story that um, for Lent one year, just when I was in high school, I would say, uh, my parents were so proud of themselves. They were like, Joey, for Lent this year, we are not going to have anything with the word pea in it. No pizza, no pasta, no pork. And I go, there goes your sex life. <laughs> And I got in so much trouble. <laughs> you should have, but it was worth it. It had to have been worth it. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> I often have gotten in trouble because I know I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm all, it's so worth the joke. The joke is so worth it. Yes, that's awesome. Anyway. That is awesome. The, so, so what vegetables don't you like? I don't like peas. Don't like green beans. I'm not. I will eat a green bean, but I have to eat a small portion of green beans. Um, Is that a vegetable that you like, and not potatoes? I was going to say any of the starches. I love corn. Mm-hmm. I love sweet potatoes. Um, I like. I like zucchini. I like squash. Uh, How are you with like the broccoli? Bro- oh, I do love broccoli, and I love asparagus. So mm-hmm. that means I have stinky pee, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's but, like like a moldy dish towel to me. When you pee after eating asparagus, yeah, yeah, it's it it can be not fun. Though pineapple makes your junk taste good, makes your cum taste good. That's why they so are hooking up with Hawaiians. <laughs> so, so for all you ladies out there, eat lots of pineapple, and it'll make your right, what? taste delicious. Wait, I don't know. Do you have any female clients? Yeah, I do. And do you give them this advice? <laughs> to eat pineapple so their spooge tastes good? No. Yeah. I, can, I can say that. I don't necessarily – female clients are very shocking to me in that they – all of a sudden they will bring up their sex lives. But it's like there's no warning to it where all of a sudden they'll they'll just – be talking about and i'm really hoping that if i can get you know my housing situated that'd be really great because i really need to come and you're like wait what (laughs) not quite that (laughs) over the head with it but it's very there's times where i'm like if we can go back to the last statement that you know where they kind of throw out these these statements and Mm -hmm. it's 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 more about much like the whole thing of men are more visual which versus women are more emotional yeah we tend to talk more about feelings related sexuality versus guys that tell me stories about, you know, their escapades. 
Do you ever have, have you ever had a, a, a client tell you a story that turns you on? That might have happened today. <laughs> not like, not like full on where I'm like, yeah, tell me more while I'm rubbing myself or anything. But there have been stories that I thought, well, that was a little titillating, you know, but I don't. Have you ever been in a, have you ever personally been in like a porn star type story? Have I ever been in a porn star's type no, story? No, like, like a story, like, like when I was in my younger days, I don't know, you know, I was thinner and cuter. Oh my God, I had so many stories that would be like in a plot in a porn. I have so many okay. stories like that. Like what? Like for instance, what, you know, I probably, I'm not even joking. 30% of all the sex I had in my life was probably in high school. Really? I went to an all boys school and there was like this weird pocket of like, closeted gay guy that i just sort of got wrapped up in and one of them was um i was a, this is when i was a freshman actually and i uh went to, I, my parents had to pick me up late from school so like we got out at two but my parents because they worked couldn't pick me up to like four so mm-hmm. i would go walking around getting into trouble and doing all kinds of hijinks <laughs> but if you had they would close the main building so if you had to go pee you had to go to the locker room in the gym so it was, okay. you know, I went to the locker room in the gym, and um, and I was peeing. Please tell me it was the coach. Was the no, coach there? No, Please it tell me coach. no, it was, a guy, it. it was a guy in my class. No, a year ahead, a year okay. ahead of me. And he goes. I went to a very small private boys' school, so everyone knew each other. And he goes, um, "Hey, Batants!" Like, oh, he walked. He just came, came out of the shower. He was a football player, and he all had mm-hmm. a towel. And he was changing, and he was naked at the locker room. At his locker, and he goes, Batance. Uh, no, he was sitting. He was sitting on the bench actually. So he's sitting on the bench at his locker, and he goes, Batance. And then he lifts up one cheek, and he goes, "Come penetrate me." And I went, "Ha ha 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 ha!" <laughs> like whatever, right? And so then he like gets up, puts his towel around him, and then he walks up to me. There was no one there because after school. This is weird. I know what. Well, it's just that he's in the sh- he's in the locker room all by himself taking a shower. I don't know why. Yeah, I know. Okay. And um, he walked over to me, and then like grabbed my dick and started making out with me. But it, but the, you see, you're getting to the end of the story. Is someone you could you could hear someone like push the door like you know, the double doors open? So you heard the uh-huh. sound, and so he like let go and then walked back. And is that like your first sexual experience with a guy? No. Oh, okay. At at the school? No. Like, is that the first time? Okay. No. So right. was it already known that you were? Yeah, probably. Because the freshman year at the freshman dance. Here's another weird story. Freshman year at the freshman dance. <laughs> that we, was all boys. No girls were allowed. No, no, no. <laughs> no. This is we had a, we have a couple of sister schools, and uh-huh. actually, ironically, at the same school that Mary Kay Letourneau went to. They had a freshman year dance, okay? Mm-hmm. And afterwards, okay, my parents were always fucking late. It was just me and this one boy. Uh, this seemed to work out to your advantage that your parents were always late. I know. And we were, I, girl, I must have been 14. I was, you know, I was nothing. And uh, And he goes, can I tell you a secret? And I was like, there's nobody here, but okay. I mean, there were like adults, 
clean up and stuff like that. But Lynn, I want to think that you have the mentality of you now at 14. <laughs> You're looking around going, well, there's no one here. And like at the, at the freshman dance in your black T-shirt and black jeans. <laughs> no, no. I was much Standing more. holding a microphone. <laughs> I know. I was so thin and stylish then. And uh, uh, he, he was like, can I tell you a secret? And then he just like licked my earlobe. And then we just kissed, like, Cary Grant 1930s kisses. I don't think there was any tongue. This week, Trinity continues to be frustrated. <laughs> ben and Darian just do not like each other. Jocelyn wants Courtney's, wants to be Courtney's friend so badly. Courtney looks down on Jocelyn, and the girls press on some fake nails to handle fruit for the mini challenge. For this week's main challenge, the girls were paired up into teams and forced to produce a commercial for RuPaul's dumb makeup collection. Adore and Laganja were named the winners of this week's challenge, while Courtney and Jocelyn and Ben and Darian were placed in the bottom. RuPaul pitted enemies Darian Lake and Ben De La Creme against each other in a lip-sync battle for their lives. But in the end, RuPaul had a change of heart and allowed both of them to stay for another week. Joe, name two things you liked about this episode and one thing you did not. Okay. Um... Wow, two things I never see again. I hate when you do this to me because I didn't pre-think it out. Uh, two things I liked. Okay, you know what? I tell you what I liked. I okay. I I actually it made it really annoying to write the script and pull the clips this week. Okay, mm-hmm. because of this. But there was a lot going on in this episode storyline wise. Yes. Yes. There were so many storylines this week, and that made it very, very, very interesting and very compelling. And for one of the few times in the show, like, I feel that there's a definite... I like the first half more than the second half, but I actually liked the entire episode all the way through. Now, was this one of my favorites? No, we'll come to this at the end for my the thing I didn't like. But it, there were a lot of storylines, and it was good. Uh, another thing I liked, oh, I think actually for the first time this season, I liked Adore's look. I thought Adore looked... Her runway look? Her runway look. I thought she looked okay. really good. <coughs> and okay. um, the one thing I didn't like, um, here's what's weird about season six. So far, and I, and I still hold to this, there has not been one dud in the, in the group, in the mix. Okay. You mean as far as contestants? No, as far as, as, far as episodes challenges? go. Okay. Like every episode has been really good, right? And I would say this is not a dud. Look, this is better than any episode in season seven. Oh, but, you're saying. Yeah. But it's the weaker, it's the weakest one we've had so far. I, I, I don't, I mean, I know the one we have coming up next week is a pretty legendary one, but mm. after that, they would say boom, 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 and it's done. So I don't remember what's after that, but so far, I would say this is the weakest one, which makes sense in RuPaul's Drag Race world. The middle episodes, which we're right smack dab in the middle, absolutely, are usually like the weaker episodes, but this is still. A re- like this is any other season to be an amazing episode, but of the ones we've seen so far, it's like, meh. what about you, Taylor? <laughs> well, thank you, Joe. Uh, two things that I liked. I I liked this. I I think that is this one of my favorite all time episodes. No, but this is an episode that I liked particularly particularly for. It feels like you're starting to see some of the gelling of the top four, especially in Untucked, which we're going to talk about minimally. 
that when they separate, I realize they separated into the top four and the next four that are eliminated. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen season six. So I there's a moment in Untucked that I really like where Laganja is going on and on and on and talking about stuff. And Adore and Courtney just kind of look at each other and they have this knowing smile. And it's just this very sweet moment. So I like that. And when you see the way that some of the queens are responding to each other, it's just I, I like this episode for the dynamic part of it. Um, something else that I really liked was I love some of the looks this time, um, we're gonna we'll talk about the looks later on because I did pull the looks. Oh, did you? The, yes, I sent you an email with them. No, oh, I got it. Oh, but like, I, okay, I, okay, but I pulled the looks because you found a Reddit tab and it made my life much easier. <laughs> Fuck you. The fact is, I did it. It was the first thing I did when I came home tonight to make sure that it was done, so I wasn't doing it last minute. But so, thank you very much for finding that. If you could find that for every season that we ever do, that would be great. They have them for all the seasons. Much. Right, but they don't have them for the ones that we haven't seen yet. Oh yeah, no. And yeah. that might, if you know, if they do, that's we're going to be in trouble, is because if they do, like, with the what we would we would love it, but it would be annoying for you. And if they move it to Sundays, Sunday nights. No, we, are they moving it to Sundays? No, now? I just made that up. But if they do, that would be oh. that would be great if they did. Um. Well, yeah, because then I could pull them on. But then I'd have to watch the show, and then we. I don't know. We'll talk about that later. This is a boring topic. Yeah, they may that's not. I, I feel they're going to move it. Okay, go ahead. The thing that I did not like about the show was, and I think we might talk about this a little bit later on because it's it's there, there's a cornucopia, being as it is autumn at the time that we're taping this, of, of possibilities of conversation about this, is I cannot stand Leah Remini. I have never liked Leah Remini. Does she remind you of, any of your, all your aunts that you have? <laughs> I well, yeah, but that's just it. I love my aunts, but there's something about her, and I get what they were trying to do because I know her and Michelle Visage are best friends, and I I don't know if this was goes along with when she might have been leaving an organization, so they were trying to give her a little money or whatever it was. But there's just something grating about her that drives me up a tree, and that's what I do not like about this episode. After Milk's elimination, the girls walk into the workroom to de-drag. Jocelyn wants recognition for scoring high. Ben claims to have lost on purpose. Bianca reads Trinity for playing the victim, and Courtney claims she does not rely on pretty. I was kind of like a bit miffed at Rue saying that I was relying on pretty, because I feel like I've been giving a lot of performance and theatrics and other stuff. Is Rue not seeing that I am doing my best? I mean, perhaps just my pretty was blinding him and that's all he could see. Okay, Taylor. Okay. Thoughts on Courtney not saying she doesn't rely on pretty? Well, I mean, Courtney is very middle of the road to this point, other than the one thing that she really has that Rue focuses on is her look when she's standing in front of her. And she is pretty. She's she's pretty as Courtney. I can see why Rue would have said that. and But she hasn't done anything necessarily at this point to really wow Rue as far as to win anything with the exception of the Shade the Rusical. So yeah, I, I, think, I... Yeah, I think she totally relies on pretty. That, that's the yeah. biggest bullshit statement I've ever heard. And like, she is, yeah, apart from... And I don't even think she was that good in Shade the Rusical. But I don't know. What if I well, just... <laughs> I don't understand half of what you just said, but it still made me laugh. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that it's, 
yeah, she, she, very middle of the road. So, and she is somebody that I think people, she stayed around for as long as she did because she's pretty. She, to me, uh, and I think she lays the groundwork for like a Naomi Smalls for this. She is the template for staying safe and in the background to make it as many episodes as possible and then come out big at the end. Okay. I remember her looks getting really good at the end. Well, we still have we still have the bird look. We mm-hmm. still have um I love her finale looks actually too. I okay, her finale look, the one that the one thing that I remember she had on this great wig that was it kind of almost looked like cotton candy and I remember thinking she looked really really pretty and I remember her dress kind of went along with it that it was sort of It was of almost like crocheted. Oh, you remember she had two dresses I remember. There was one that was sort of like knit yeah, the, the one that she wore at the end when the three of them are standing there when somebody gets the crown. Yeah. Um, that would be the that, – that I remember her – I remember really liking that look and and enjoying that. I, I do think it's funny though because we just talked about the Jocelyn and Courtney stuff that we had said. Do they ever come back to that? Totally forgetting that they do in fact come back to that and that's a big part of this week's episode as far as the <laughs> dynamics go. Let me ask you this question. It's a little off topic, but we're talking about Courtney anyway. Do you mm-hmm. know anything about this Willem drama that happened, I think, in the past week? It happened since we recorded. I know he made some statements that were deemed derogatory regarding trans people. Yeah. And then Court, it was like he was doing some sort of like, I think he has his own show called, uh, I forget what it's called. Who cares about anything Willem does? But uh, Willem, let's talk about Willem. He kind of grates on my nerves. Okay. And, okay, I have thoughts about Willem, but okay. yeah, I'll let and, you go first. And, and that's the thing, too, is it's caused this uproar. And I think Willem gets off on pushing people's buttons, but I think he's often shocked when people get genuinely offended. I think this one really took him by surprise. Because, But what's funny is he's been on this apology tour, but I feel like he's making it worse in the apology tour. Like, girl, just shut the fuck up. And yeah. uh, I, I saw the video in question. I saw what he said. To be honest with you, I feel he's it's a, it's a case of someone really digging the hole deeper in that he made – like if you take Willem's personality and he said these stupid things. I can't remember what they were. It was like, oh, trans just don't cut their dicks off or something like that. It was like whatever, right? If he would have just given a genuine apology and was like, look, I was trying to be funny. It didn't work. I think no one would have cared. But it just kept going mm-hmm. and digging and digging and digging. But you had thoughts. I'm sorry. I'm filibustering. Well, and I think that Willem is – and I, I could say this could even go back as far as when he was on season four. Willem is crazy like a fox. And I think that anything that Willem does, Willem recognizes that there's publicity there. So when we make statements that maybe are are not considered sensitive or we do something and then sort of have this very – lackadaisical response to it this very like well i don't understand why you would say that i don't understand why you'd be offended because i feel this way you know and tries to throw it back at other people i feel like when she does that it there, there is a, a mythology it's methodical methodical it's methodical yeah and uh i i think that willem i can see where willem can be very grating there are times that watching Willem post Drag Race, there are things that I love about Willem. But I remember thinking at times watching season four, there's something wrong with her. Like there is something, 
she's not her elevator doesn't go all the way to the top deck and but now when you look back at her entire career post drag race i feel like all of the stuff that we might have all been getting played with the way she was on on season four i think with this controversy in particular it'll blow over I think she tried to play the hand that you were saying, but it still didn't work. And so there have been a number of, like, now she's playing the I didn't know any better card. Like, I'm stupid and I've been educated. And that's why I brought up Courtney Act. Because Courtney Act was the one sort of playing the the, the adult in the room during that whole conversation. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I knew, I've seen, like, screen captures of it, but I don't know exactly what she said. And it, it'll blow over. It's I think it already has. But the point is... Courtney's ridiculous if she, if she doesn't think she's been relying on pretty so far. She has. 100%. Yeah. 1,000%. Uh, the next day, RuPaul walks into the workroom to d- announce this week's mini challenge. For today's mini challenge, I want you to lend a hand to Michelle Obama's Let's Move program by making fruits and vegetables sexy and appealing. Now, you need to drag out your digits and then hand model this farm fresh produce. Now, I cut out the whole annoying, um, oh, scruff pit crew. Yeah. Because one skin, two skin, three skin. Four skin. Okay. No, but I hate when they go woof, 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 woof. Like that was part of like the client wanted them to do that. Ugh. Ugh it's crazy. Was that part of that? That's why oh, they did clearly. that? Clearly. Clearly. Like they do Ugh. it every time. They go woof, 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 woof. And you're like, all these skinny twinks, skinny yeah. twink drag queens all trying to be all big butch, butch bears. Yeah. It was. It, 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 <laughs> Look at me. Big butch bears. I say with rabbit ears. Yeah. So, anyway, I took that out. But what did you think of this mini challenge, Taylor the Latte it was Boy? Dumb. It was dumb. I, I I appreciate the fact that it was focusing on something different other than hair or makeup, but the whole double entendre and everything was just not it, it was forced. What did you think? I thought it was a terrible mini challenge. Yeah, I, I had to rewatch it, you know, because I watched this, this episode several times, and I was like, I don't understand why Laganja won. Like, not that she there were anyone who was better. I don't understand what the rubric was. I don't understand why did Laganja win. I think they just wanted Laganja to win. Well, and I mean, if anything, from what I remember, her nails were kind of the worst. I remember thinking like there was a lot of shit dripping on them as far as glitter and different colors and. Like, I wasn't paying attention that much, but I remember when Laganja went, I kind of went, ooh. I also kind of remember thinking of if anyone did well, it would be like Darian, because the way she was, like, stroking the corn with the nails. Well, stroking the corn, and also, it's from the neck down, and she has enormous boobs. So, I mean, that right there, I mean, that's that's kind of a focus. So, you would think that that would be something that would be a little bit more on the nose. So or a door with the peanuts and trying to smash them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that those were any... but. But why Laganja? I didn't, I didn't get in particular why Laganja. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I didn't. I didn't like that one. Oh, we weren't supposed to discuss that there. I was supposed to move on. <laughs> Laganja was named the winner of the challenge, which won her an advantage in the main challenge, which RuPaul explained to the girls. This week, the main challenge is personal. I am launching my first ever makeup line. RuPaul's Glamazon by Color Evolution. And I'm entrusting each of you to help me market it. 
I need you to create 30-second commercial campaigns that target today's woman. RuPaul herself broke the girls up into totally 100% <laughs> random teams. <laughs> First up, Adore and Laganja. You'll be marketing toward mean girls. Spoiled teenagers obsessed with beauty and texting and tweeting and twerking. Next, Courtney and Jocelyn. Your target is hot mamas. Next, Bianca and Trinity. I'm assigning you glamorous working girls from hookers to CEOs. And that leaves Ben de la Creme and Darian Lake. Really? Really? You'll target the cougar demo. Mature ladies who only get sexier with the passing years. I forgot to take Darian out of there. <laughs> uh, Taylor. Yes. What were your thoughts on the teams? What were your thoughts on how we were divided up? What were your thoughts on just the premise of the main challenge? The totally random teams? The, the totally, totally, I'm going to pull these off the top of my head, random teams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why don't um, we just put these people together? <laughs> uh, it made sense in that it made for good television. She knew, or the producers knew, or whoever knew, that if we mixed the... There, there was enough drama between each of these couples that something good would come of the episode. And I feel like, for the most part, every team delivered on some level, whether it's so being supportive or tearing each other apart i feel like there was there was good drama between all of the teams what about you well i told you the challenge was sort of silly and dumb and uh you're right it made for great television the people who are left are for the most part great television Mm -hmm. um even jocelyn's really good i think she's overlooked but they're all really good television they make for good television i have actually with this episode in general and I don't think I pulled on the clips that uh, highlighted this. There are a lot of shenanigans and stunt shows going on with the editing in this episode. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. Maybe we'll attack some of it today. But like, there's some, like for instance, the, so both Ben and Darian and Courtney and Jocelyn have said the editing made up a, 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 a relationship that didn't exist. Okay. Courtney and Jocelyn, I think you can totally see that. Okay, the way they edit it. Ben and Darian, maybe they use some editing choices to help things along. But okay. there are some things that you're like, there's no way. I mean, Darian said what Darian said. You know? So, like, I don't know. I, th- I think maybe they made it a little bit worse. Like, For instance, we talked about it earlier, but when Ben says, you know, I just lost... Um, on purpose or something like a joke like that, you can yeah. tell she's fucking being funny, you know. Yeah. And they put they played it like, oh, she means it. Darian's so fucking pissed, you know. Yeah. And so there's a lot of and this is constant in this episode with the shenanigans and hijinks and stunt shows uh, with the editing. And um, so. They make for great television, but it was so, it's so funny how produce, I mean, so obviously producer influenced how yeah. she divided those teams up. Do you ever wonder if she, how 
aware she is as to what's going on when she's not there? I think she's 1,000% aware. Now, you could make the argument that maybe Michelle and the other – or for sure, I think – you know, I actually talked to Ross about this. Mm-hmm. And Ross said that they intentionally don't tell him. Okay. And that he doesn't want to know. As far as any backstage drama. Yes. Any, any, any yes. workroom drama. Any okay. workroom drama. I can't speak for Carson, but if, Ross has told me – He's a fan of the show. He wants to watch the show and enjoy it. And so often he's never seen them as boys unless there's some circumstance where he would have to see them as boys. Okay. Um, oh, he kind of comments on that whenever they bring him back, like usually towards the end of the season when him and Michelle come down. Yeah. I feel like he said, like, oh, all these boys, you yeah. know. And also, like, he can. he said that he doesn't know what's going on and no one tells him and he doesn't ask. So Michelle probably knows because Rue probably tells her. My guess is because she says things that are weird too, you know. Yeah, but um, Rue for sure one thousand percent knows. I think so. You that think that she's it. getting reports at the end of the day saying this one fought with this one, this one yeah, didn't yeah, like yeah, this yeah. one, this mm-hmm. one. These two are getting along. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Let's now. The way I divided up the script was by team. Okay. okay. So uh, the first up, we I called it Laganja Delano. Okay. It's a, it's a team that makes up uh, Laganja, Strange, and Adore Delano, and they were doing the Mean Girls, right? Okay. Okay. First up, Team Laganja Delano initially seemed to get along, but tensions rose quickly. Adore and I have an advantage because we've worked together many times in the outside world. I'm just really nervous that Adore will overshadow me and that I won't be the star. So Laganja has ideas, and I mean, I was raised right, so all I can do is nervous laugh at them, because I don't know how to respond to them. I'm not going to say, no, bitch, that's an awful idea, and mine's is better, but that was the truth of the situation. During filming, Laganja struggled to get the right accent. Um, Laganja, I'm wondering if um, we could just have a little bit more of, you know, uh, oh, like the, uh, oh, like my Rachel Zell voice. No. <laughs> Nothing can satisfy a rich taste in advanced products. But now, thanks to RuPaul's Glamazon by Color Evolution, our faces stand out amongst the trolls in our high school hall. Okay, moving on. On the runway, the finished product seemed to impress the judges. So now we're going to hear the finished product, Taylor. Okay. If you want to stop, I don't think we need to. Only 30 seconds, but we're going we're to talk about it. Okay. I don't know why I announced that since I just said that. We used to think we had all the makeup that money could buy. But now, thanks to RuPaul's Glamazon by Color Evolution, our faces stand out amongst the trolls in our high school halls. I know all the losers sitting alone at lunch right now are feeling so much safer because we're too busy beating our own faces instead of theirs. With this long-lasting mascara, of course. Sorry, Stacy, but your boyfriend is now mine. He just can't resist this vitamin-infused lip gloss. Because whoever said beauty was on the inside is ugly. <laughs> All the judges laughing and clapping. Taylor, your thoughts on this on this whole Laganja Delano collaboration? The first clips that we played of the two of them tell the difference between Adore and Laganja so succinctly. When you hear the whole, well, I worry that Adore is going to overshower me, but we uh, overpower, overshadow, overshadow me. 
where it's it's like where they said, okay, let's try that again, but say it with a little bit more, you know, today we're going to be doing this. Whereas Adore just kind of had this free association just talking a mile a minute that was much more endearing, much more cute to listen to. Whereas when Laganja was talking, it felt so forced. It felt like, do you think that maybe you could say that you're worried that she's going to overshower? You know, why do I keep saying overshower? Overshadow. So maybe that's why. Maybe she was screwing up like I'm screwing up and then they had to repeat doing it. But I, I thought the clip, it's at the commercial itself, also showed the difference between how bad Laganja is and how great Adora is. Like you're attracted to you're you're attracted to adore versus laganja as far as watching her not necessarily looks department but in just watching her she's much more attractive to watch and to appreciate than laganja is well adore has that star quality she has the x factor Uh, yeah and it's clear through this that laganja does not um my thoughts on this I didn't think that. We, I think this is one of those cases where we got those those sound clips we just heard. But I think for the most part, it was fine. They knew how to work together. I think Adore was right. When they have to compete, there's a problem. But when they're working together, it's fine. Uh, I have been in Adore's position often when I have to write with people. Um, I think Shannon will uh-huh. relate that I'm kind of like Adore, where I'm just like, ha, ha, ha. no, I don't even smile. I just stare at you like this. Which led to a problem where we remember we had a friend, we did a roast of a friend, and I was helping people write their jokes for said roast, and he got very angry with me the night before the roast, because I wasn't laughing hysterically at his jokes. But that's because his joke sucked. (laughs) That we talked about that on a, on a members only podcast that I just listened to. Oh, really? I don't remember. Yeah. On a Patreon members only. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I... (laughs) I was like, oh, I pick up the script. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. We talked about it, and you listen to it. Um, yeah, yeah. But the point is, like, I know what I know what a door feels like. I'm not good at it either. Yeah. I'm not good at saying like, eh, I don't really like that idea. Uh, what did you think of the actual finished product, though? I thought Adore was great in the finished product. I think it again. It shows it. You you said it very well in that X factor, the star quality, where she where she does the thing at the end, where she goes, you know, if you think looks are on the inside, then you're ugly. You know, it was it was it. There's a there's a natural flow to her that Laganja doesn't seem to be. No, but you also have to realize that I think that. When I, I had to watch it several times, and I was trying to watch Laganja actually, and you, your eye is just—it's a—it's a struggle. Your eye is naturally drawn to look at Adore Delano. Your eye just right. wants to look at her. All right. Uh, during the table visits, Trinity had a tense moment with RuPaul herself. You know, the judges have called you out on your confidence before. How are you going to turn that around? I'm just going to put my best before. Now, I don't want to hear. I'm just gonna. I'm, because I'm, you, you've, I, you've said that before, and you know and what I'm... I'm not going to sit here and sell you any promises because I don't know exactly what's going to happen when I get out there. In the workroom, the girls had a mirror moment. How are you doing, Garlina? I feel good. I think we work well together. We did work well together. We didn't kill each other. <laughs> so that was good. You know we didn't see eye to eye to begin with. Because I didn't know you. I just right. felt like your purpose yeah. was just to You're come cool here and be evil and mean. I apologize if I ever came across that way. 
I was angry with her because her work ethic and her attitude wasn't the same as mine, which I learned you can still work with people if they come from a different place. It's not only my way or the highway. I'm learning patience, bitch. I'm also obviously learning that I have ways I guess I need to just work on. On the runway, the finished product seemed to impress the judges. I'm the CEO of a major corporation and the mother of two. So in order to keep my sickening appearance, I use RuPaul's Glamazon by Color Evolution. I am so much finer with this glamorous liquid liner. I am a professional hoe. From client to client, jumping out of car though. Can't even keep my lipstick on. But with RuPaul's Glamazon by Color Evolution, hey, with this gloss, I am the boss. So whether you're a corporate CEO or a professional host, you deserve a glamorous glow. <laughs> now get back to work, y'all. Okay. <laughs> Laughter and applause. Taylor, your thoughts on Team Trinity Del Rio. I thought this was better than Laganja Del- Delano. I I liked the concept better. Um, I thought Trinity did great in this for the, all the difficulty that we've had um, understanding her and her issues with enunciation. You know, I do agree that there really wasn't that big of a difference from when they started putting on the makeup to when they ended putting on the makeup. But I, as far as the story goes and everything that went along with it, I thought it was really well done. Um, this is another example of why Bianca has become such a fan favorite as far as taking somebody like Trinity, because that could have gone south really fast. And the fact that Trinity, uh, and Bianca seem to seem to be able to work through their differences and Bianca recognized some things in herself was, I, I, I liked watching that. The one moment where she says, you got this bitch. I, I I remember that from previous from from when I watched it the first time. Just you know that that support that she is giving her teammate because on a lot of seasons when they have these team up challenges, sometimes a contestant a queen will leave their partner in the wind and just kind of say, "Well, so long I look better than her, that's okay." Yeah, you know this is a really good example. I mean, you all God, we had to hear it for fucking weeks of you talking about this fucking censure, but I think this moment. <laughs> I, You're an asshole. I think this moment really is the the floodgates already have opened now, and we're seeing a vulnerability from Bianca, which I feel that people who try to emulate her in later seasons never get that part. They get they That's get the cunty part and the reading people part, but they don't get that it's matched with a vulnerability and and a maturity that comes with it, which let a salty and a sweet, if you will. Well, okay. If I can, if I can add on to that, there is Bianca is, and this is isn't necessarily a word that you would think to describe her, but there is a vulnerability to Bianca where she is open to 
criticism and she's open to being constructive and really truly hear what they're saying. You know, there's a confidence, but that confidence isn't, oh, bitch, I'm the best and that's all there is. She's willing to work further. Whereas a lot of times with these Bianca wannabes, you don't get that. You just get the cunty, you just get the reading and they just think, well, bitch, I'm the best. I don't have to pay attention to anybody. And that's why they get sent packing. In the workroom, Jocelyn seems starstruck by her teammate. I cannot even wrap my brain around it at this moment that I'm actually doing this thing with Courtney Act herself. She has so much respect for me, and I, of course, have the utmost respect for her. Um, I think, like, we should do the makeovers, like... Is one of us going to be like a before and one of us going to be after? Imagine if you were the before. But the problem is, no one would ever believe that you were the after. Right? I have a lot to say about this one. Okay. The tension continued as the girls prepped for the runway. Jocelyn and I are serving, like, the same tuxedo menswear. Tuxedo menswear. So if you two both landed in the bottom two, performing against each other in similar outfits, oh my. Jocelyn would go home. Because she's the second-rate Courtney I think it was low rent. Shady. It's clear that Courtney does not see me at the same level as her. This is somebody that I idolize, and I'm a little disappointed. On the runway, the finished product did not seem to impress the judges. I was watching that RuPaul's Drag Race, and I didn't realize that that RuPaul is a man. Oh, you stupid bitch. Of course RuPaul is a man. <laughs> and I've been wearing RuPaul's Glamazon by Color Revolution for months. Oh. As a matter of fact, I have a special delivery on the way. Come in. Nice package. And the makeup doesn't look too bad either. <laughs> if it can make a man like RuPaul look like a Glamazon, imagine, imagine what, what it can do, do for a stay-at-home mom like you. Or us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Taylor, your thoughts on the whole Courtney and Jocelyn drama? I forgot about, I had forgotten about this part. And as so we, we've talked about bullying before, I feel like there is something very, there's something, I'm not saying that Courtney bullied Jocelyn, but there is something very sad about this, that when you meet people that you really look up to and they're not what you expect them to be, and kind of watching Jocelyn go through that, along with Courtney saying some really kind of shitty things on the show, and she also says some not nice things to her on Untucked as well. Um, whether that is editing or not, the fact is she said them. And it seems as though Jocelyn was really hurt by them. As far as the final commercial goes, just listening to the audio, Jocelyn is much better than Courtney. Yes. The whole thing where she goes, no, of course not, you stupid bitch. The way she, I, I was not expecting that. And that was something that Babalu and I both laughed when, when she said that. Um, but Courtney just seemed very wooden and not comfortable at all in, in, in their skit. What about you? I am already, and as I, it tipped my hand before. I call bullshit on the whole thing. Like when Jocelyn says that thing, I'm doing this thing with Courtney. You don't know what the thing is. I think she's talking about the whole competition. You know? Okay. Uh, and then when they show Courtney saying these cunty things, I think that there is a tongue in cheek nature to it, particularly since she's Australian. And I feel like people outside of the United States use tongue in cheek humor so much more than we do. Mm-hmm. And then they immediately cut. So you don't really see Jocelyn's reaction because it 
clear that she's joking. I'm sure, like, one of the things we've learned from Courtney about Courtney since is that Courtney's very sweet and very nice. So Courtney wouldn't actually say this stuff for real, you know. But are you, so, in other words, are you approaching this like that? You're approaching this that the editing is real, or uh, whether or not the the editing is real, it seems to have affected Jocelyn. Whether or not Courtney was joking or not, because when they're standing up on the runway. And she said, and RuPaul says, so how is it working together? The first thing Jocelyn says is, well, apparently I'm a second-rate Courtney act. So you don't say something like that unless that's playing over and over in your head. You, when you're standing up on the runway for, for judges panel, unless that's a situation in which you your feelings are hurt or you're not it, – it's distracting, that, that's, that's a problem. I, I don't know if it's editing or not. I mean, I, I'm still a Courtney fan – I just this is kind of one of these that it it left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, there was another part to this whole thing. Oh, going back to the commercial. Yeah, I feel Jocelyn was better. I feel like I said before is Jocelyn does better in performances than she does in the runway, and she does very mm-hmm. well in the challenges. She does better in the challenges than she does in the runway. And this is another example of Jocelyn is a sort of underdog here. I think people are overlook how good she was in the challenges. And this is just another example of her. You know, we, we Courtney says she doesn't rely on pretty, but Jocelyn's an example of like she's outperforming Courtney every week on these challenges. Yeah. I can't name one that Courtney was and, strong. I on. mean she Jocelyn to me seems very harmless. Like when she does her interviews and stuff like that, she seems like she has the best of intentions. She doesn't necessarily want to be bitchy. She does want to come off. So when you have somebody like that, that is, you know, just is, is there for the experience and also gets to perform with somebody that she looks up to Mm -hmm. as much as she apparently looks up to Courtney. And then to have comments like that made, you know, I mean, I could, I, have you ever had somebody that you worked with that you really looked up to, they had an opportunity to work with and they kind of weren't as, they kind of shit on you? No. Have you? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I've never had somebody that really kind of felt like threw me under the bus. I've been very fortunate in that regards that I've never had anybody that I had to deal with in that regards. You know what? I will amend what I said. In college, I wrote for the school newspaper. And the editor-in-chief at the time uh, was this guy who was also older for college. He was 32 at the time but in co- had gone back to school. And I just thought he was like the coolest guy ever, right? And... Mm-hmm. He would always like tell me what a good job I was doing. I was a little freshman in college and really encouraged me to write. And one time this uh, girl walked in and she was writing for this on the for the newspaper too, and he told her what a good job she had done, blah blah blah. And she walked out of the of the newsroom. He said, That was one of the worst stories I've ever read in my entire life. And I were thinking, like, oh, if he's saying that about her, what does he say about me? And I remember yeah. like my opinion of him fell, but that's the closest I have to what you were saying. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> During Rue's table visit with Darian de la Creme, Darian found it difficult to hide her contempt for her teammate. So how is it going working with Dela? Um, we're, we're working together as much as positive or negative can, you know, but no. Um, no <laughs> wait a minute. We're very magnetic. Um, opposites do attract. 
So, so are you opposites? I don't think we I, are. I think we have different working styles, but um. All right. The tension continued as the girls prepped for the runway. Do you think they paired us up because they were like, kind of like, oh, Darren, you got a big body and Ben's got a big head. <laughs> you love to say that. I don't know if that's really true. Uh, no, it's just because you made that comment like after about the whole winning twice. And I was just like, oh, OK. She told me she hated you. <laughs> <laughs> On the runway, the finished product did not seem to impress the judges. The signs of age. Cosmetic surgery can help you rebuild your foundation. But no renovation is complete without a fresh coat of paint. Your secret is safe with RuPaul's Glamazon by Color Evolution. Feel sassy with shadows that accentuate that newly lifted lid. Get the most kick out of your collagen with a high-gloss lip shine. Blush helps to accentuate cheekbones and distract from unsightly scars. Your body is a temple. Now pray, Cougar, pray. Taylor. <laughs> Golf clap. clap. Taylor, any thoughts on uh, what we just heard about Ben De La Creme, Darian Lake, their tension? What are your thoughts? I don't get that it's a Ben Darian tension. I feel like it's a Darian tension. Darian does not seem to like Ben. And just the, the shade that she's throwing towards her is is not gross. Now, I know that there's been discussion of the authenticity of Ben De La Creme mm -hmm. when the cameras aren't on, but the way that she is portrayed, where she seems very like, I don't understand why you feel this way. It 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 just feel it just it just paints Darian in a bad light. And again, I I will go back to what we talked about as far as some shady editing. I'm sure that that sentence continued the one where there was the shade button, and then RuPaul kind of goes, "Well, okay, I'll let you all get back to it." But the, they just make it out to be where it's more dramatic than it actually is. I think that there was also discussion of that they didn't really talk about the product in their commercial, mm -hmm. and that was they people weren't sure if it was a if it was a thing for plastic surgery or that kind of stuff. I disagree with that. Listening to it, they definitely talk about the products. I think they got distracted by all of the weird faces they were making and, and that kind of stuff. It reminded me a lot of the skits that they used to do on Saturday Night Live with the two porn stars trying to do the elegance, yeah. glamour. That, guy, that guy's kind of what that felt like to me. I thought Ben's, Ben, listening to Ben's voice do it again was funny, just like watching her with the big blonde hair and the, and the tight face and, and, and all. I what about you? I didn't find it funny at all. I found it, it was trying too hard, and uh, they were clearly channeling a Jennifer Coolidge. They were right. Oh, yeah, they said that. Well, Rue they said, said that it. at one point it's Jennifer Coolidge. But I think yeah. Darian was full on really channeling Jennifer Coolidge. And I I don't know. I just wasn't that big of a fan of the commercial. But I wasn't a big fan of any of the commercials, to be honest with you. Maybe Adore and Bianca, they liked it. Um, you know what? And Courtney and uh, Jocelyn's wasn't horrible either. Uh, but I wasn't a big fan of this one. As far as the tension goes, you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head. Darian seems to have a problem with Ben. But I do. But again, I'm going back to what Bianca said. And Bianca was said that, you know, off camera, Ben was kind of a bitch. I don't know if he, you know what? Let me let me rephrase. I don't know if Eric Ben said that Bianca said that Ben was a bitch. And I think this 
little tension speaks to it, but that Ben was much more calculated than she seemed. And I think she's maybe playing the victim here for the camera, like, I don't know why Darian's mad at me kind of thing. You know, and but then when the camera's off, she knows exactly what she's doing. Um, okay, but I, I, but again, I do think Darian's overreacting. I would love. I, I I feel Darian has addressed this because from what I hear, you know, friend of the show Jay Ellis happens to know Darian quite well. I think she's performed at the bar he used to okay. work at quite a bit, and um, he he says she's a total sweetheart. You know, uh, and and you've heard, you've never heard anything about. In other words, whenever they paint these storylines like this, I always want to know. Well, how is the person after? You know, off the after the show, like Courtney has been sweet yeah. after the show. Darian has been sweet, and you don't hear stories about them being terrible people after the show. Where other people, you do hear about them being terrible. You hear stories about Acid Betty being a total fucking bitch in meet and greets. You know, uh, Valentina, you hear horrible stories about after the show. Right. So that's why I'm like, we're not hearing about this stuff after the show. And why is that? Oh, because I don't think Darian's a mean person, but she is being cunty, which I don't get. Doesn't there's something going on? And I think there's something we're missing. I feel there's an element that we're missing. I don't know. I want to get to the bottom of it. I almost kind of want to ask the interview Darian okay. Lake about it. Well, maybe we can maybe we can interview Darian yeah, sometime. Yeah, Jay Ellis to hook that up. Um, but now it's time for the looks. All right. Oh wow, Taylor so did a great week... job on the looks as we look at this. There's like backgrounds <laughs> and everything. I know. This is awesome. I I take pride in my work. Thank you very much. So this week, the theme was black and white ball, black and white ball realness. And we are going to start with, though her picture is not here, and I don't understand why, if it's a black and white ball, it doesn't matter what she looked like. RuPaul was wearing every fucking color Mm -hmm. in the rainbow. And that pissed me off. She should wear black and white just like everybody else does. So she gets gets a, a boot for that. But, uh, the first one we're going to start with is Bianca Del Rio, who had on a uh, black and white dress, obviously, with big white and off-the-shoulder black with a big bow tie and a huge white poofy skirt. And she had very uh, Cruella DeVille black and white hair with a big skunk stripe. I love this look. This is probably my favorite Bianca look. I would give this look a toot. How about you? Yeah, I like this look a lot. And it's it's actually, even though it's sort of the same silhouette, it's a little bit different for her. Uh, And it's not just one color and it's two-tone. I think she looks fantastic. The gloves are good. She actually made that bow on her work, that schmakta that that Ben probably tries to do. But it didn't didn't seem costumey on Bianca's dress. Well, and I mean, also, if you... you uh, bring up the picture a little bit more. It's actually quite detailed as far as, st- you know, she stoned that dress um, and with the gloves and everything. It's not just as simple as it maybe looked on standard definition mm-hmm. TV. So it's beautiful look. I think her makeup, she's not doing clown. She's she, It's just a great, great look. Probably one of my favorite looks of wow. the season. Okay, next up, we have Jocelyn Fox, who is wearing, I don't know what the fuck she's wearing, but she has on a, she has on a top hat and she has boy hair, and she's wearing bra and panties, and she's wearing suspenders, and she's wearing 
all sorts of stuff. This look was a huge train wreck for me. And I, somebody on Untucked called it, you look like baby new year. <laughs> it's baby new year drag. And once they said that now I can't unsee that. So I give this look a boot. How about you? You know what? F- watching it walk down the runway. I didn't hate it that much. I hated that stupid hat. Even on the runway, that hat is stupid, but yeah, looking at it in a photograph, it is really stupid. The whole outfit. Yeah. I didn't hate it walking down the runway. But yeah, I hate, I hate this outfit. It looks... Well, her ass is great. So maybe that you were distracted by the But how is this ass? different from anything uh, Courtney's done? Well, with Courtney's, it seems... When Courtney has done stuff like that, it seems more streamlined. Whereas this just... I'm grabbing everything out of my, uh, of my dresser and just throwing it on. So you're saying she's a low-rent Courtney act? Mm-hmm. I'm saying she's a second-rate okay. Courtney act. Her look isn't as polished as Courtney's. Courtney said that in Untucked too. So, and I, as much as I like Jocelyn, I would agree with that. So, all right. So, do you give her look a boot, boot. or a toot? Boot. Okay. Next up, we have Darian Lake, who looks like she's in a uh, form-fitting black skirt that kind of stops uh, starts right under the boob line. That is striped, and she is wearing big, spangly, big, huge shoulder pads and an updo. Um, I don't hate this look, only because it looks like something Delta Burke would have worn on Designing Women in about 1988. <laughs> but I don't necessarily love this look either. Um, it's it's, But it's better than some of the things that she's worn. It feels like everything Darian wears is something that she got at Lane Bryant. Like in the fancy section of Lane Bryant. So there's there's nothing really that speaks to the uniqueness of Darian. It all just looks like very off the rack. So I will give this look a toot, but a lowercase t. So a toot with reservations. How about you? I think it's an interesting choice to make the shoulders and everything so big. Because it makes her look smaller. Which I think is an interesting thing. Even though I mean, she still looks big, but not as big as... as she usually does. Uh, the hair looks good. I think the Delta Burke comparison, uh, by the way, another reference for anyone under 35 is not going to get, uh, is an interesting, <laughs> by the way, on Designing Women, how did they explain Suzanne? Is it, who, which Sugar Baker was she, Delta Burke? Which Delta, she was Suzanne Sugar Baker. She was Julia Sugar Baker's oh, okay. younger well, sister. How did they explain her leaving? She went off and married, she, she got married and she moved to Tokyo to be near mother. Oh, okay. No, she didn't get married until she was in Women of the House, but she left the show to be with her mother who had moved to Tokyo. And that's how they brought in Allison Sugarbaker and Carlene Stillfield, Charlene's sister, played by Jan Hooks, the late great Jan Was she Hooks. good on the show? She was she wasn't as good as uh Oh my Jean Smart. She wasn't as good as Jean Smart, but she was she was pretty good. She was a little bit more corn poke than Julia than uh, Charlene had become. I give it a two. <laughs> You're such a bitch. All right. So next up, we have Ben de la Creme, who is wearing, again, black and white. Um, the dress almost looks leather or like a patent leather or pleather. And she is serving um, Yzma, realness. What's Yzma? Where she kind of looks like the villainous Yzma. Isn't Ooh, that I don't know what you're talking Yzma? about. That's the villain from The Emperor's New oh Groove. God. Or the one that Eartha Kitt okay. played. 
That's kind of that's kind of the look that she's going for, where she has these weird like feather peacock feather things coming out of her neck, and she has almost Cindy Lou Who, Cindy Yuhu, whatever the hell her name is, hair that goes up into an mm. updo. I like this look. I I really liked it. Um, I know that it didn't necessarily get great uh, reviews on the runway, but I liked it, so I would give this look a toot. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really like it. I don't know why I've been liking this weird illusion where there's a thinner person on the dress and then it makes you look thinner. Cut, cut to next week, mm-hmm. I show up in like a, an abs t-shirt and like it's <laughs> super thin. I'm like, what? Um, they, and we, I find this thing a lot with Ben Delacram, but if you just removed one thing, it'd be great. And that whole weird peacock feather thing on a runner neck, I don't like. And if she would have just removed it, I think I would have liked it so much more. So I'm yeah. gonna give it a a mild toot. Okay, a mild toot after your fish taco. After my fish taco. <laughs> All right. So next up we have Adore Delano, who is shockingly wearing black and white, and she is in a short skirt with uh, some great heels, and she has it on a very spangly top. Her wig is half black, half white. Black lipstick. Great eyes. Uh, I love this look. I know you'd mentioned earlier that you really kind of liked her look as well. And she's definitely, she, she, it feels like she's getting into her groove here. So I would give this look as well a toot. Yeah, I give it a big toot. To me, this is the, the outfit of the season. Most, most maybe, oops, maybe mo- not really the outfit of the episode, but more like, like you come a long way, baby. Yeah. So Virginia Slim. Yeah, absolutely. Like, from, imagine where she was in the beginning to now, like she actually looks pretty. And she looks put together. Yeah. And she looks, you know, like a really pretty girl or woman. And yes. uh, I think it's fantastic. I think it looks great. Big toot. All right. Big toot. All right. Next up, we have uh, Laganja Estranja, who is in these weird sheer pants with what looks like a black jock strap on underneath. And she has on these gloves with long chains hanging off of all of the the nails and she's trying to do this weird faux hawk thing this look is just sloppy you watched her when she was walking on the runway she kept tripping over the the back of her pants um and she has on these weird zebra shoes that are kind of like an forward facing high heel thing it's the whole look is just horrible absolutely horrible i would give this look a big boot I give it a boot too. And I didn't like it from the beginning. I don't like it. I don't like a lot of her fashion choices. They're a little extreme and they're yeah. weird. And I, I don't. I don't like it. Big, not a yes. fan. Boot. All right. Next we have Trinity K. Bonet, who is in a black and white dress that has a dice theme to it. Um, from the bottom of the bustier it is all dice and she has where she's kind of wearing a half not a half cape but she has draping along the back with long black gloves i love the dress i thought she looked pretty i did not like the hair there was something about her hair that was just it kind of looked like a front butt from the front because it was kind of rolled up into the top and just not not a favorite look of mine and i'm not looking at the picture i'm not crazy about the earrings either but her face and from the neck down, uh, she's she was beautiful. So I would I would give this look a two. Shake the dice and steal the rice. It's Trinity K. Bonet. Uh, I think she looked great. I thought she looked great in the runway. I think she looks great here. Um, toot. All right. 
Okay, so finally we have Courtney Act doing a, a tribute of sorts to Nomi Klaus uh, with a big tuxedo style thing and a black, I don't know, it's not really a wig. It's just kind of almost like a headpiece that is made to look like hair that is all Where's spangly. Where's her hair, though? It's all underneath. You can see at certain points, especially in HD, you can see where some of her hair when they're in Untucked is kind of coming oh, out really? the side of it. But uh, for somebody who is relying on body, according to the, you know, relying on beauty, I thought this was a brave, bold choice. I love this look because it kind of looks like something a superhero would wear. Mm-hmm. So the, in that regards, I, I really like it. So I would give this look a toot. Uh, I actually, this is something I would usually not like. It's a little severe for me, but I actually... It really worked for me. I really, really liked it. I think she pulled it off. And so mm-hmm. the fact that I wouldn't really like it usually, but I liked it on her, I'm going to give it a big toot. All right. So, and that is all the looks for the week. That is the looks. Yes, that is the looks. After the judges' deliberation, uh, Lagange and Adore were named the winners of the challenge, while Ben De La Creme and Darian Lake engaged in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song... Point of No Return by Expose. For some reason, RuPaul was so moved by this lip sync that she allowed both girls to stay. Taylor, any final thoughts on the episode? Um, as far as the lip sync goes, I don't get why both of them got to stay. Yeah, I don't uh, get so. I don't get it either. It, it didn't make because neither one of them was necessarily great. I would say between the two. If it if she had to send somebody home, Ben should have been sent home. Yes, Ben's was Ben kind of made the same mistake Gia Gunn did, where she went to the back of the stage and then was back there forever trying to get out of her dress. Yeah, but the the the, the joke of the night goes to Bianca, who says at one point during this, Darian is killing it because you know back in the day Darian owned this cassette. <laughs> she knew every lyric, she knew every dance move, which we both roared when she said that because I'm thinking to myself, I had that cassette when I was a kid, <laughs> and I knew all the dance moves and I knew all the lyrics. So it's it's just such a great song. This song is so Jersey. The song is so 80s Jersey that it's it, it, it brings a smile to my face. Which they used this on an didn't they use this on an All Stars? I don't. I feel like they did. They've done this song before. Because hmm. I feel like back on I can a tell you right now. season, back on a previous season, we did a radio challenge mm-hmm. for this, well, and I feel like we did it to this song. No, I'm looking at all the songs. We never, we've never done it. I'll look at season eight. I am almost positive, but maybe it was just we just picked a random song. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe you just picked a random song. But either way, it's a great song. Um, there was a lot of stuff related to uh, Ben's re- Ben's response to possibly going home and then coming back that was on Untucked that we didn't pull for this episode. But it, it, it I was surprised because I thought that she made it further. Ben made it further into the season. So when they said that, I was kind of like, well, I know Darian stays around. So it, 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 was, it was a pleasant surprise when they both came, even though I knew it happened. I, I don't know how I'm saying it, but it... It may, it makes sense to me in my head, and that's really all that matters. What about you? What are you? Ha- what are your final thoughts? You look so annoyed right now. No, I'm not annoyed <laughs> at all. I'm trying to think. Um, I don't think it really. Ha- I mean, I think like I told you, I kind of gave my final thoughts in the beginning. I think the episode was fine. Uh, I don't have a big problem with the episode, but uh, it's not my favorite. But it's not a terrible episode. I think there's a lot of shenanigans that's it with the editing. I. Um, uh, 
I want to get rid of Laganja and I want to get rid of Trinity. Well, then you're in luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm kind of. I think I feel like I'm done with our storylines. I cannot wait for next week's episode. I am so excited because, and the reason why is back when there was the initial Laganja moment with with her family in Untucked. And then there was the whole thing where Bianca said, you know, that your family seems like lovely people, but you're not going to win. And then she had a whole, you took away my moment. I said to Babalu, this is very important. This is an important moment in the season. And he was like, why? Why is I said, just pay attention to this moment. And then in this week's Untucked, it was brought up again. And he said, is that what you're talking about? And I just said, just wait. So, because he hates Laganja. So I am... So excited. I'm excited to watch next week's Untucked in particular with him. I might hold his hand through the whole thing because I'll be so excited for him. Thank you. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Join us next week and every week as we dissect, discuss, and deconstruct each episode during this very special season of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Help the show out. Leave us a review on iTunes. It really works. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. To find all of our old episodes, visit our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram at PIMC Taylor and on Twitter at PIMC Taylor. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at cupodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Instagram at Joe Batanz or on Twitter at Joe Batanz. If, for some reason, you would like to know what I'm eating, you can also follow my food Instagram at HungryChola. 